Hi everyone, this is Austin Bridges welcoming you to the LL Research Podcast in the Now, Episode 12. LL Research is a non-profit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community, and towards this end has two websites, the archive website llresearch.org and the community website bringforth.org. During each episode, those of us at LL Research form a panel to consider questions from spiritual seekers. Our panel consists of Jim McCarty, husband to the late Carla Ruckert, scribe for The Raw Contact, and president of LL Research, along with Gary Bean and myself, who are working hard to keep the mission of LL Research alive and well, each of us a devoted seeker and student of the Law of One. We'll be discussing questions that are sent to us from spiritual seekers around the globe. Our replies to these questions are not final and authoritative. Instead, they are generally subjective interpretations stemming from our own studies and life experiences. We intend this podcast to be a platform of discussion as we consider questions that often challenge us to articulate our own perspective. We ask each who listens to exercise their own discernment and listen for their own resonance in determining what is true for them. If you would like to submit a question for us please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. To do so, you may either send an email to contact at llresearch.org or go to www.llresearch.org slash podcast for further instructions. Again, I am Austin and we are embarking on a new episode of LL Research's weekly podcast in the now. Is everybody with us and ready to go? Ready to go. I am indeed. All righty. Episode 12 begins with a question from Bring Forth member Aeon, who wrote to us asking, I would like to ask what the members of LL intend to do with LL Research now that there is only one remaining member of the original trio. Do you intend to move forward more as record keepers and preservers, or do you intend to have a maybe more active role with the company in terms of practical use and dissemination of the material and philosophy? I guess, Jim, you can start us off with that one then. Okay. Well, there's certainly a lot of material to work with that Carla left behind. There's an awful lot of channeling and uh, different things that she's written over the years, so we have a lot, of, lot, lot to work with. But we're also going to move forward with new material. Uh, we're starting our meditations again this uh, September 12th on the second Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time in September, right after our homecoming is over. And we're going to have... Um, channeling meditations on the first and third Saturdays, and we'll have silent meditations on the second and fourth. And if there happens to be a fifth Saturday, we'll just take that Saturday off. And we'll have our meditation season the same as it was before, which is September through May. And we'll take off June through August as our vacation. And uh, I'm also involved in making audiobooks. I've uh, finished recording the first uh, four books of the Law of One with all the personal material put back into the locations it was taken from. And we're, as you see and hear, we're continuing on with In the Now. And I believe Gary has some other information about some of the more technical aspects of what's happening in the LL office. The director, <clears throat> Mr. Gary Bean. Yes, both, thank you, Jim, both technical and um, in terms of the, the spirit and the heart of LL research as well. Uh, I wish I had organized my thoughts prior to responding to this question. I know I'm going to regret it, so I may meander a bit here. But in addition to or to build upon what Jim said, um, I and Austin see LL Research as a ship, more or less, metaphorically speaking, that was um, first 
crafted by Don, then added to by Carla, then added to by Jim. And um, they built a, a very remarkable thing together that is, in my opinion, completely unique in the world and has served me and has served many other seekers well. And it is on to that ship that um, later editions like myself and then Austin boarded. And with that ship, uh, I have been and then subsequently uh, Austin alongside of me has have been uh, working on what we perceive as retrofitting and upgrading that ship, um, <clears throat> not redesigning it, not rebuilding it. But uh, bringing it more up to date, uh, giving it some more functionality, helping it to uh, interface with the world and the times that we live in a little bit better. And ways that we're doing that include starting with the community. Um, Carla and before her Don had a vision of community and Don's vision of community um, began long before the Internet. So uh, once the internet became available, Carla had a vision of an online community. So uh, myself and Steve Engret were tasked with fulfilling that. And um, we've been attempting to do that since 2008. And it has been a long work in progress that we're still working on. Uh, At the moment, actually, we're working on restructuring the forums and the moderator process that... um, that are vital parts of the online community. So bring forth is one way that we've been retrofitting and upgrading that ship that Don, Carla, and Jim built. And right now we have been in the long process of building an entirely new website that we're, will overhaul LL Research's uh, presence online and the way it uh, interacts with and makes, it asel- makes itself available to the online community. Uh, the new website will attempt to unify the community website and the archive website, bringforth.org and llresearch.org respectively, and make the material available in completely um, new, different ways, including giving people the ability to, say, sign into an account at llresearch.org that will include the forums and all of LL Research's free material. And with that account, they can interact with material by, say, um, marking transcripts as favorites, putting transcripts in different sorts of lists, including a to-read list, um, fusing the transcripts with the forums a little bit more efficiently, and sorting transcripts and indexing transcripts uh, and tagging transcripts better. Right now, it's sort of a, 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 the archive website, sort of a static website where you go and read. And if you are interested, download this material. But the new website will give us ways to interact with that material. And in terms of what we're doing with the material, uh, Jim's already mentioned um, a couple of things, including the audiobook, which is, is a huge project and we're really excited about and hopefully will be ready by the end of this year. Uh, but uh, Austin has almost single-handedly gotten over all of our material into ebook format. Um, we all of that all research material is nearly all of it is all available on Kindle now or in um, Mobi or EPUB formats for e-readers, which are increasingly um, increasingly popular. And I had forgotten to mention about the new website that we're designing it so it's more mobile-friendly because more and more people are accessing this material through uh, mobile platforms and devices. 
And um, we've been working, we did something completely unprecedented and uh, formed a partnership with a fellow spiritual seeker in Germany who is working as we speak on uh, translating and publishing LL research and material into German. He's the first to have been given uh, a licensing permission to actually publish LL's material on his own in Germany. And he's um, been an absolute delight to work with and has expanded to include the French translations as well. He and the French translator Micheline have actually formed a, um, a close friendship and partnership. So we've been encouraging that. As Jim mentioned, we have In the Now. And we've also been working on a new book that we're going to produce uh, or publish rather uh, called Tilting at Windmills, colon, an interview with Carla L. Ruckert and Jim McCarty, which um, was a seven-day, 400-plus question attempt to sort of chronicle the life and evolution of LL Research and um, some of the the personal biography of uh, Don, Jim, and Carla. And it begins back in 1948 with the... um, Thomas Man- Captain Thomas Mantell crash that sparked Don's interest in UFOs and takes us all the way up to the present. And uh, that's a very intensive effort that will, in the end, result in a brand new book that, that really, in one streamlined place, attempts, at least, to tell the story and evolution of LL Research, along with, um, hopefully, maybe, <laughs> producing a scholar's edition of The Law of One Book that makes use of the lightly edited edition uh, that Toby Wheelock was responsible for at lawofone.info and assisting translators all over the world in helping to, as the questioner said, disseminate <clears throat> this information dispassionately, of course, but including uh, ongoing translations of German, Portuguese, Russian, Hungarian, uh, Chinese, and others that are not coming immediately to mind. And we're trying to um, create a more of a retreat-based place for LL Research while we work with some friends in Virginia who have a nice piece of land that hopefully will be conducive for that. And um, finally, and most importantly, in that this um, discussion of retrofitting and upgrading is Austin Bridges, who came on board a couple years ago and who has just been pivotal and instrumental in um, helping LL Research to uh, undertake all these projects that I've uh, listed here and um, who with whom we've been forming a friendship and a relationship with during the past couple years that has been one of exceeding uh, harmony and functionality just uh, as uh, um, I should say similar to um, in important respects but not identical whatsoever to the relationship that uh, Don, Carla, and Don had, at least in terms of the harmony and the common sense of vision and the common sense of of shared work. And um, within each of our hearts is a desire to take the ship once it's retrofitted and upgraded. um, Once we're kind of on the other side of a lot of these processes, though, like Jim said, Carla was prolific and uh, left us with a lot to work with. So as things stand, we could continue um, doing this indefinitely, just as we are at this level. And that alone 
preserving the material, guarding the material, making it available for free, um, removing as many of the barriers between the material and the and those uh, for whom it will would be of aid. That alone is an honor of a lifetime and is something we commit our hearts to doing for the rest of our lives. Um, and ha- if we just kept at that level, I think all three of us um, <clears throat> would uh, die very satisfied. Um, <clears throat> I'm grouping all three of us together while another part of my mind is differentiating Jim for uh, his lifetime of extraordinary work already accomplished and um, the very, very unique work that he's already done. So it's an interesting hybrid to have Jim as a mentor and a, and a senior here. Um, one, as the questioner said, one of the original LL trio. So I was saying that to continue on in the same tra- trajectory that LL Research is headed now is um, is fulfilling and satisfying and perfect. And so far, that is the direction that we are headed in and um our policy is one of slow and steady this material in my opinion and in my heart is a treasure um there's nothing quite like it in the world and i don't think any of us are interested in any bold moves that might uh, risk or jeopardize or tarnish or harm um, not just the material itself but the spirit of LL research that consists of the accumulated um, greater than the sum of, it, of its parts energies that um, Don, Carla, and Jim have spent their lifetime building. When, however, we um, feel that that this work has maybe been more consolidated and and completed and LL Research has a new website and um, has expanded into different mediums and has gotten a clear sense of um, who it is and where it is, which isn't to say that that, it doesn't know who it is right now because LL Research is a very um, articulated identity. Then maybe we'll steer this ship back into unknown waters and go beyond the boundaries like Don, Carla, and Jim so boldly and valiantly um, and courageously did together. And who knows in what direction we'll head or in uh, what we'll be able to bring back from the unknown, but... Um, We have no specific plans and no specific visions except to say that the desire is there in the heart and it will take some time. And when the time is ready, hopefully we will be inspired by uh, something that comes from deep within or something that comes from outside of ourselves. But we will only move when and if the time is right and according to that inspiration in a balanced way which always seeks first and foremost to fulfill LL Research's twin primary missions, um, first of those two being to, as the website says, make information available to the spiritual evolution of all humankind and then um, so much as we're able to foster spiritual community. That is my long-winded answer. Anything to add, Austin? I don't think there's anything I could add to that. 
Um, there's a few things. Thank you, Gary, Mr. Uh, Director. There's some very kind words and very articulate response to the question. Um, the only things I would really add or mirror is first personally, as Gary was kind of saying, is that I would be more than happy to serve however long uh, in an archivist position for LL Research. But I think that Gary and I both feel like that is not the ultimate destination, though that is probably the primary function. Uh, there's just so much material, and it's so rich with good information that we could spend the rest of our lives dedicated to just studying it ourselves and probably not get all that we could out of it. And so making it available to more people in more ways across the globe, I think is probably one of the best ways that we can serve through LL research. And on top of all the things that Gary mentioned, there are a few other ways that I am personally excited about. There's a very long and tedious process of digitizing the channeling archive so that the audio from all the cassette tapes going back to 1972, I believe, is available in digital format. And that is nearing the end in a relative sense and that it probably still won't be completely digitized for a while, but uh, we're very close to getting all of those tapes digitized. And it has to be done in real time. Basically, let the tape record onto a CD and then get it onto the computer. Uh, so it's a very long process, uh, but that is nearing the final stage of its, the f completion of its first stage. And once that is all digitized, there is a many things that we could do with that audio to uh, help seekers find it and integrate it with the already available free transcripts. And on top of that, there there's still a few things that can be compiled and shared. Our translator from Taiwan, Terry, who is currently translating a Wanderer's Handbook, has found multiple transcripts that we have in our paper files that were referenced in a Wanderer's Handbook that are missing from our online archive. And so we are getting those online as well, and that's going to spark a new project, I think, to go through thoroughly all of the paper archives and see uh, which transcripts might be missing and get those uploaded. And so those are just a couple, and plus Gary's uh, explanations of how we can serve in sort of a librarian archive function and uh, that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg for what we're working on. I wanted to mention that if anybody is curious about the day-to-day -day workings of LL Research and what we might be doing, uh, we publish every day in Jim's blog, what we call the Blogworthy, that you can find if you go to bringforth.org. It's fairly easy to find from the main page. And you can go and you can kind of read uh, our daily activities in the office and see what projects we're actively working on and see uh, what sort of stuff is going on with LL Research day to day. Aside from that, I don't have a whole lot else to say. I think that you did a great job, Gary, uh, capturing my own feelings and thoughts about it as well. 
it's um, a discussion that um, all three of us, but Austin and I especially, have had on, on multiple occasions, especially when Austin first moved here. We um, <clears throat> shared uh, quite a bit of our vision and found how much commonality there was there. And oh, I do want to add, too, that we're really excited. After um, Carla passed, there was a lot that was in question, and there was a lot that hinged entirely on Jim's viewpoint and... Uh, Jim's feelings and we Austin and I both looked to him to see in what direction he wanted to head and how he wanted to relate to LL research and there was even a little possibility in the back of our minds that uh, Jim might just say you know I've done this my whole life and I'm, I'm ready to take a break from LL research and um, disband it or discontinue it or kind of uh, put an end to it but um, Jim's uh, heart is and Jim, you can speak to this too. I don't mean to speak for you, except to reflect from an outsider's point of view that uh, Jim's heart has remained fully invested and committed. And um, one of the surprising ways that that has manifested uh, for us is that on uh, Jim's own initiative, he's um, and it, he's resuming the public meditations from uh, at. From the early 70s up until 2001, LL Research had offered these weekly public meditations, whether silent or channeling, um, without interruption until uh, Carla's uh, major spinal fusion surgery. Put that on hold indefinitely beginning in April 2011. And so for the past four years, we um, haven't offered that. And Jim, um, of his own making, said, let's get that going again. And further, uh, he... Um, in conjunction with a dear friend of ours, uh, Steve Timon, who, alongside of Jim, Carla had always called her two best students in channeling. Um, Jim and Steve Timon have worked together to, uh, in the desire to um, remove some of the rust from their wheels and resume the channeling service, too. So that's something we're uh, really excited about here and will be beginning in less than a month, as Jim mentioned. <clears throat> Jim, you have any thoughts to add? Um, no, just one last little one. I say no, then yes. Uh, <laughs> confused, isn't he? Um, the channelings actually go back to 1962. Unfortunately, we don't have any copies. Not many copies were made back then from 62 to 72. Most of that time was used in training new instruments that were all members of Don's um, introduction to physics class at the University of Louisville. He was conducting an experiment which began the LL research experience in channeling. And the experiment was to try to reproduce work that had been done in Detroit by Walt Rogers. And uh, Walt Rogers put together this notebook called the Brown Notebook, which had hints and suggestions as to how one could start such a group without the uh, fuss and bother of being abducted by a UFO, such as Walt Rogers was in the beginning. So that was Don's beginning, was to invite 12 of his students at the University of Louisville, his intro to physics class. And one of those students asked if he could bring his girlfriend along, turned out to be Carla, so for the first uh, 10 years, there was a lot of uh, training of new channels, and nobody really thought too much about recording the information that just wasn't you know, in the uh, procedure at the time. I think at the end, at the 60s, there might have been some recording going on, but I think those tapes either got lost or got recorded over. So the first that we have that we can actually digitize and get ready for people to take advantage of would be, like Austin said, from 1972. And that's it. It's amazing to think that um, what Don set in motion has been in motion and has had a momentum for over 50 years now. Um, Jim, you mentioned that the meditations 
began with a uh, a lot of training and a lot of experimental um, sessions with Don's physics students in the early 60s. LL Research, though, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't have a format of holding a weekly meditation that was public and to which everyone was invited? Uh, Those were really public, that's right. It was a... 12 students and Carla plus Don, so the 14 people got together pretty much during that time, although there were visitors from time to time, and occasionally they would move the location around to someone else's house. I think that people started coming maybe toward the late 60s when uh, Don and Carla got together in 1968. I think they formalized the meditations a little more then and started moving them around to uh, Hal and Joe Price. Hal Price was the fellow from... Uh, Ford Motor Company here that transferred from Detroit and brought the brown notebook from Walt Rogers' group and introduced Don to it earlier. And then uh, in 68, when Don and Carla got together and uh, formed the LL Company, um, it was actually formalized in 1970, but they got together in 68. Then they started having meditations more openly and more people started coming. And um, then they became public in the 70s. That's quite a tradition by this point. Um, no further thoughts for me. Thanks to both of you. Um, just in case anybody is curious about the origins of the channeling experiment that Jim was referring to, the Brown Notebook is actually available on our archive site at llresearch.org. It's in a section called The Origins of LL Research in the, um, the library, I believe. Uh, and one final thought on my uh, part going along the lines of talking about resuming the meditations. And the questioner didn't ask this, but it is a sentiment that I witness quite a lot and have even been asked a few times or uh, just sort of being a part of LL Research, I witness. And that is the sentiment that wouldn't it be great if there was another raw contact and I think that we all agree that um, the first raw contact resulting in the Law of One books has been absolutely uh, phenomenal for many, many people's spiritual lives. And so it's natural for us to think um, another one would be better or another one would be just as good or another one is a good goal for us to aim for. But the way that I see it is that the original group that ended up channeling Ra, there was no intention to channel raw. There was no intention to set out to get a hold of this uh, great source of information. There was this intention to serve in the best way that they could. And following that notion, it led them along the path to where the raw contact was finally received. And in my own philosophy and in the way I live my own life and the way that I would approach LL research is the same way. Not that uh, there's an ultimate goal of how we should serve, but that we are here to serve in the best way that we can. And whatever is put in front of us on this path or whatever we feel pulled towards uh, with this desire to serve in mind will be proper. And it may not be another raw contact. The raw contact might be a unique event in history that will never be replicated and uh, just wanted to touch on that a bit because um, I don't think any of us are really looking to have the goal of having another contact similar to the raw contact. 
Yeah, well said. We have to be sensitive to and keep our ears open to um, inspiration and the promptings of spirit and uh, will greater than our own. Alrighty. Uh, thank you, Aeon, for that great question that took up almost all of our show. <laughs> um, do you guys want to do another question? Uh, we'll um, give it a shot. Yeah, I have a short reply to the next one. So, Okay. Uh, user Matt via Bringforth sent us a question and asks, What should one do if they feel that they have hit a wall in seeking or a limit in seeking? Uh, take it away, Gary. I think the word limit implies that you are operating in the relative world. You've set some kind of tangible goal for yourself. And in terms of goals, one can achieve their goal and then hit a limit. Uh, one can say, I have a goal to, I don't know, become a millionaire and uh, achieve that goal. One can say, I have a goal to hit this certain time on the marathon race and hit that goal and not be able to reduce their time any further. But if you're talking about spiritual seeking, Ra says that the seeker seeks the one. And in seeking the one, you're seeking something that is absolute. In other words, there's no such thing as limit. Limit is an idea, a concept in our heads. And there's no limits. There's no boundaries. There's no beginnings. There's no endings. And Ra uh, said themselves that, I think they said something like, we assure you that there is no end to your journey of seeking and self-understanding and, and so forth. Um <clears throat> So really, the idea of limit is just that, an idea. And I don't know, it would help to know um, specifically how this idea of limit is being applied. But my own advice would be to enter the silence where there are no limits and where um, where are, how do I want to say this, where our limited ideas and old notions of self and narrow concepts upon coming into contact with silence are uplifted and changed and transformed and made permeable to a much larger viewpoint. So that's my only advice to seek the silence. How about you, Jim? At one point, Don, in the Raw Contact, asked uh, Raw about the Confederation's contact with Earth and how that had evolved over the years. And as portions of the answer came through Raw, Raw suggested that there were underground honeycomb caverns in the South American area where some equipment was stored from the Confederation and that it was used in the transmission of information to uh, spiritual groups on the planet, such as ours. And Don said, you mean you need equipment to communicate with uh, groups that are seeking spiritual information? And Ross said, well, uh, when the same information is sought time and time again and is not put into motion and into action in the life experience, but rolls around like a, a block within a, a, you know, the mind not being mm -hmm. used, then it's necessary to uh, give again the idea that meditation is helpful and that seeking is helpful and that uh, creation is one thing. So for a confederation entity to be giving the same information ad infinitum to groups is a waste of the confederation entity's time when they could be speaking to groups that have actually put it into motion and need more, uh, shall we say, advanced information. So apparently 
other entities and groups around the globe over periods of years have come into what they thought was this limit to their seeking. They haven't, you know, gotten any new information, so they're not, you know, um, wanting to go forward and doing something with uh, something new. But usually it's because they're not using what they've got. So if you look at yourself and see that maybe you're stagnated somehow and you're, you're not feeling inspired, maybe that's part of your growth. Maybe you need to look at what it is that's holding you back or how, what are you learning from this apparent stagnation. Because as Ross said, there are no mistakes. So whatever is occurring in your spiritual journey is probably there for a reason. And if you feel that you've stagnated then use that catalyst as a means to uh, delve into yourself even more, to find out uh, what is in there and, and, and what feels stagnant. And is there some life in there somewhere, some direction that really does feel like it wants to be pursued? So I would just say uh, look a little bit further, a little bit harder. Now, the journey isn't over, I guarantee you. There's a spiritual sentiment that goes something like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And it's something that I believe fully, whether that teacher is a literal teacher, some sort of spiritual master, or whether it is a source of information or an opportunity that will help the student uh, on their path. I believe that fully. And so I think that any limits that we hit with seeking, any stagnation, are sort of self-imposed or an illusion put up by ourselves that kind of implies that we need to shift tracks a little bit. Uh, maybe we have exhausted the information that we're working with. Maybe we have exhausted our current spiritual track and it's time to do something else and uh, uproot our lives and go have an adventure somewhere. Um, one way to say it maybe is to just stop seeking and go live life. And I bet after a little while, after you have some pretty significant experiences, you'd probably come back around to spiritual seeking and back to information you've already found and it means something new to you. Or you'll find new information that helps put your new experiences into context. But we live in such a challenging reality. Uh, catalyst is everywhere. And if you feel like you've reached a point where catalyst has no real sway there's no catalyst that is challenging you and you feel like you've done everything that you need to do here um i really I, that's suspicious to me because i don't think there is any end to the catalyst that this reality offers us and i think that we can spend the rest of our lives working on a tiny 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 fraction of what is available in our lives to work on so I think that any limits are self-imposed. They are due to a lack of perspective or a lack of will to seek new things rather than an actual limit of what can be accomplished or what can be realized. And uh, that's about all I have to say about Matt's question. Any final thoughts from either of you guys for Matt? Not for me. No, not for me. Well said. All righty. That brings us to our time, I believe. Jim, do you want to send us off here? Yeah, I'd just like to thank everybody for listening, especially thank you for sending in questions. We really appreciate that. Without your questions, we don't have a show. I want you to all know that we love you very much, and I hope we have a really great week. 
You have been listening to LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thank you to those who submitted questions. If you'd like to send us a question, please read the instructions on our page at www.llresearch.org podcast. New episodes are published to the Archive website every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Have a wonderful week.